0: Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster. Watch freestyle. out for the filibuster. Oh, baby, baby. Filibuster. It's your buddy Gavin. We got a treat for you tonight freestyle. on the filibuster freestyle. filibuster freestyle. So excited. I'm going to tell you who it is before the theme song ends. Andy Maslin is back. Filibuster freestyle. On the filibuster freestyle, what is up, Andy Maslin?
1: Living the dream, Mr. Money. Living the dream.
0: Living the dream. Uh, it is October 23rd. The Patriots just beat the Steelers in The last hour or two, did uh, you watch the game? You feeling good with the Pats so far this season?
1: Um, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm a little worried. Um, this this whole Gustavski thing is worrying me. He's missing kicks, baby.
0: Um, I agree with that.
1: You know, I, I don't I don't like it. I think we're gonna need to draft Nigel Bruff. But I mean, we'll see. we'll see. I think I honestly think he just has the yips. But I, I'm I'm starting to get nervous about it. It's gonna cost us eventually.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, I have the yips. Okay, first off. We're going to do a little Keith Norton voice intro for the first time in a while because uh, we've got a new Unofficial Sponsor of the Week, and you're going to tell us about it on the other end of this intro from our friend, voice actor, Keith Norton. We know it's scary to admit your feelings, and maybe it's a case of unrequited love, but we know in our hearts we'd be nothing without you. Here's a little love for our Unofficial Sponsors of the Week. That's right, Unofficial sponsor of the Week, Andy Maslin, I think we have two. I think you work for both of them, or at least have worked for both of them in the last month. Who are they? Uh,
1: the number one unofficial sponsor of the week is Hershey's. Hershey's, the Her- Hershey Chocolate Company out of Hershey, Pennsylvania.
0: Americana. <laughs>
1: That's who I'm working for now. And the number two, Uber. Gets you gets you out of a DUI. G- yeah. You take Uber home. That's I right. I also drive for them. That That's one.
0: right. So you you were you basically you guys. First of all, we already have covered this, but you. And Linda had a baby, a beautiful baby girl, and uh, you got you wound up being transitional from paternity leave, started driving for Uber, uh, and, and the best part is, and we're going to talk about some other stuff, but we're going to do a little thing I like to call Tales from the Uber, and because let's face the facts. You and I have both had a lot of interesting jobs, but... You've recently done a job that I would say most Americans can relate to as either the driver and or the passenger in an Uber or a Lyft, etc. So give us some highlights, man. How's it been, ups and downs, rounds and rounds? Well, let me just,
1: like, I started driving for Uber mostly out of boredom.
0: Curiosity, right?
1: Yeah, I, I was home. Um, I was getting paid because I, I was on a severance package. Sure.
0: And, best way to do it playboy
1: and I wasn't really looking for a job because I was staying home with my daughter but my wife and my daughter were both in bed by nine o'clock at night I'm a night owl to I was family.
0: gonna say you <laughs> you wake up from like your second nap at nine at 9 p.m
1: <laughs> yeah and it was I, I it was frowned upon for me to go to the bar and get you know blackout drunk
0: fair your father so, you, think, know, you know all good rather all good.
1: Go spend some, rather than spending money I'll go, I'll go drive some Uber 90. Five percent of the people are awesome. Yep. Three percent are awful. Okay. And two percent are just plain weird.
0: <laughs> what a breakdown! <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like libertarians and green party votes, though, right there with the five percent, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it,
1: it's a, like
0: okay. Let's let's and, do. And, and, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: And it's weird. It's it's almost bringing me back to some of my bartending days yeah. and some of the places where I was sober when I bartended and right. interact with these people who are completely hammered. Yes. And just repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and like I just keep saying, "Yep." Yep, yeah, you told me that. Oh, I told
0: you that five minutes later. Tell me again. Yeah, you're you're in a brownout right now. You're not going to remember any of this tomorrow. You're lucky I'm driving you home. It keeps you out of DUIs, like you said. Um, Okay, so you mentioned the majority of people are awesome. Um, (laughs) Some are weird, and 3% are awful, 2% are are whatever. Can you give us maybe, like, an example, especially of a weird and an awful?
1: Okay, so I'm going to use the awful one. And the person who puked in my car last week wasn't awful.
0: Unbelievable, though. They,
1: it was actually a really nice couple. They were probably like late thirties. Had a couple kids. Husband and wife. And the wife puked in my car. She gave the pull over. Yeah. Like, oh, great. Not what enough
0: time to money. successfully pull over, <laughs> Madame.
1: damn. <laughs> yeah. Um. They were very apologetic. They help. He helped me clean it up. They gave me a good tip, and then I charged him a cleaning fee, anyways. So, like, I'm just like, okay, we've, been, I've been in that spot, you know. No I've doubt, maybe, no maybe, doubt.
0: Maybe, we, yeah. we all, we all know somebody who's been involved in that kind of situation.
1: You know, and he was like, yeah, his, her brother thought it was real funny when he made her do an extra shot. I'm like, all right, I've, I've been there, so I won't get
0: to. Right, that, yeah, you've you been know? that guy. You've been um, the shot guy. You've been the giver, the shot guy. You've been the driver now. You've been the guy in the back of the yeah. car. You've been everybody.
1: Um, the <laughs> weird. There was one night. I don't know. It was about three weeks ago, and I, I pretty much. At this point now that I have a day job, I'm only driving Friday and Saturday night. Like I go out at 10, 30, 11 Yeah. And drive till drive till three. You let, know, me
0: ask you real, let me ask you a real let me ask a real question. Do you guys have surge do you, do you hit a lot of surge pricing? Yes. See that's I do. why you're a businessman, uh, baby? Woo!
1: Yeah, and, and the, the thing is, especially in Sarasota, um, where it's you know, like it's set up there are the city bars that close at a certain time. Yep. And then the county bars get to stay open an extra hour. The county. And then you know, so so you just you kind of hit the different surge spots.
0: Um, I love it. All right, well, let's let's hear let's hear a weird let's hear a weird, weird. I'm yeah. Driving,
1: I'm driving I'm driving this girl home one night, and she was she was pretty drunk off wine. She made that very clear. Um, <laughs> and it
0: was it was. Can I ask you a question a, really quick? I'm picturing, uh, Amy Mann's character from Forty Year Old Version driving home and singing Missy Elliott. Was she that kind of wine <laughs> drunk? Basically. Awesome. Awesome. So okay, go ahead. It
1: started out pretty normal. It, and, and I'm a pretty good, like, gauge of people. Like, when they get in, if I open the door for them or, or they open the door themselves, you know, I give them the hi, how are you doing? Yeah. And if they want to talk, I'll talk. If they want to be quiet the whole way home, I'm fine with that. I ask them what they want on the radio, and I just, I just go. So this girl wanted to talk, and she proceeded to tell me how awful her date went. Ooh. So then she started, she ordered a bottle of wine and then decided she couldn't drive home. Halfway through the trip home, she threw her shoes out the window. Of your car? Because this was the second date that she's been on that she's worn these shoes and the second date that went badly. So it was the shoes' fault.
0: As Nike, as Spike Lee would say, as Mars Blackman, it's got to be the shoes. Michael Jordan. It's got to be the shoes. Fire them out the window. What? So she fired them out of the window of your car. Yes. So who would be liable for that? You, Uber, or this chick who doesn't like her shoes? This woman, excuse me.
1: This question actually Linda asked me the other day. She's like, what if like for some reason you get pulled over and like the person has drugs or something like that because there's been a couple times. Yeah. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure I've driven people to pick up drugs, to drop off drugs and I know for sure there were a couple women of the night.
0: Well, here's the deal. Uh, Let's do it real quickly. You're a smart guy, you've been around, you've worked in bars, like you've like my point is, you, you're not a dummy, and you can tell something's up, but you also know when to not ask questions. Not that I'm, I'm condoning none of this, but I can imagine it's a weird spot for you to be in when you just accepted a ride from somebody on an app, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I'm assuming if I ever got pulled over, you know, I'm just going to pull out the app, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever the officer tells me to do. No question. I'm, say, I, I'm an Uber driver.
0: What you if I... What if, they, Jamie, they, what if it was Jamie, what if it was Jamie Fox? what if you were Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise from Collateral got in? That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, there, there, there's been some weird spots, so that's the weird, and then, like, the jerk. So a lot of people, when I pick them up late night, want to go to McDonald's or Taco oh, Bell.
0: Dude, Is there absolutely. Unofficial sponsors are the weak part, duh.
1: And I have, I have no problem stopping, and... You know, but you gotta be nice about it. I, I get, I get in, I, I pick up this guy one night, and he sits in the front seat next to me. So I think he's gonna be friendly and want to talk. And he sits next to me. He goes, "We're going to F and McDonald's," like, and not like in a funny way, like in like.
0: A- sounds like he may have been the guy who went on the date with the girl to shoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, some of us drink our pain away. Some of us eat our McDonald's away. It's all good.
1: <laughs> I go, I go. Excuse me. He goes, "I'm F and hungry, and we're going to F McDonald's." I go. All right, where is it? Is it on the way? Because, you know, I, 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 to, to avoid any confrontation, I always just go where navigation tells me to go. Correct. So, so if they, like, say, oh, this is taking too long, I'm like, I'm going by navigation. Do you want to tell me where to go? And he's right. like, you're the driver. You know where it is. I'm like, all right, buddy. So then we get to McDonald's. <laughs> he works at the drive-thru, and he has no money, and he asks me if I'll pay for it.
0: This dude is a one-star customer at best. Can you give zero stars? Yeah. He's a zero-star customer.
1: And he goes, "I'll tip you. I'll tip you on the at the end." I go, "If you don't have any money, how are you going to tip me? I'll tip it on the app. You can't tip on the Uber app. Lyft you can, from what I understand. Uber you can't."
0: Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So, Subtle um, differences. We, Tales from Lyft next week, maybe we'll see.
1: Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We about did, we didn't work.
0: End up, go ahead. Sorry. not ended
1: up getting McDonald's, and um, it was an awkward ride home. After
0: that. Yeah, it's kind of like being on a. Bad hitchhiking adventure. Really, at that point.
1: <laughs> like, there's been a couple times I've been like, I wonder if I should just start wearing like a suit jacket or a blazer and pack a gun. Yeah, there. just in case. Um, and, and people will think that I'm just a really nice dressed like driver, but in reality, reality, I'm ready to shoot
0: them. Not because you want to rob them or hurt them, but because you want to protect yourself.
1: Yes, because they're they're out to hurt
0: me. Just to clarify, exactly. Yeah. Um All right, man, I. Really enjoy it. It sounds like you're gonna keep doing a little bit of part-time Uber driving. Is that fair to say? Yeah. For the college a, fund and like, such. Yeah, yeah. It's it's
1: it's it's good. in itself. What well, if, I mean, the, like the, I said, it, it's better than going out going
0: out and getting. Well, Uber well it's like it's like it's like when you bartend the swing on a Saturday night from going out and spending a hundred bucks or making two hundred bucks is a three hundred dollar swing. So you're you're basically doing the same thing in your car, and you're you're yeah. only dealing with. What's good about it is instead of dealing with the same drunk people all night long, you're dealing with a different drunk people for like 15-minute intervals at a time, right? And then you never see them again until whenever. So that's good. All right. Speaking of never seeing things again, you and I are doing our best this fantasy football league season to never see an 0-6 start again. It looks like unless Ann Kennedy Sullivan and her husband Ryan's team, Team Ranch, can get like 60 points out of one wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, tomorrow night, Uh, we're going to move to five and two. Um, The filibuster Fantasy Football League is uh, halfway through. Do you want to say anything to anybody in the league, especially Roscoe P., who got so lucky last week against us?
1: I'm not saying a word about beating Ann and Ryan, because after Roscoe and one player getting nine billion points to to us last week.
0: It could happen Um, again. It could happen again.
1: I forget who the player was, but I was against him in another fantasy
0: league. David Johnson. It was David Johnson. Yeah. Because yeah. I had him in my other fantasy league. Anyway, so Roscoe P's off to a great start, too. It looks like he's also going to move to 5-2. and two. Uh, He's in the other division. I, I see a Roscoe P, a.k.a. Paco Sinbad versus Southern Charm uh, battle in the playoffs, and I'm excited about it. Playoffs? Playoffs. All right. But... What do we want to do today? This is kind of a burying the lead moment. Uh, And i got a couple other things, actually. We haven't done this in a while, Andy. Places listening. You want to hear about some... Excuse me, I just burped. New new places (laughs) listening? I I would love to hear about places listening. All right, well, first, we have to go back to our good friend, Keith Norton, voiceover actor, because he's the guy who lets us know that the bit is going to begin, because apparently I'm back into this whole idea of beginning bits with something like this. Alligators roam the New York City sewer system. Gavin was Conan O'Brien's stunt double? Uh, these and more oh, yeah. Atlantis theories Alright, that's Atlantis theories that we put Here's places listening has its Eiffel Tower. <laughs> has its The crack engineering team is not in a good city city spot right has now has the
1: filibuster freestyle This city's been listening an awful lot lately If I didn't know any better I'd say someone's got a crush on us.
0: That's right. Keith Norton, voice actor. Someone does have a crush on us, and they are in a little place called Clayton, South Australia. Welcome to the filibuster Freestyle Universe. We've got Belfast, Northern Ireland. Good stuff. Just got back from Southern Ireland, if you will, the Republic of Ireland. Antwerp, Belgium, in the house. And, of course, Hafuf, I believe, H-O-F-U-F, Saudi Arabia, Hello and welcome to the Sylvester Freestyle. Thank you very much. Andy, would you care to guess which countries are in second place uh, and third place after the U.S. for listening this week?
1: I'm going to go with um, uh, a couple of the old favorites. Um, some breakaway Russian Republic that I've never heard of okay. and Australia.
0: Okay. Um, it's the United Kingdom and Saudi Arabia, but but Pakistan is now in the mix and even though they were never formally taken over by the Soviet Union, it got close. Uh, and uh, Singapore also jumped into the rankings for the first time ever. So good times. Okay, we're through that business. Now we're burying the lead. Now we're getting to what you and I do best, which is speculate on, on college football at a at an amateur to professional, some like like a semi-professional level. Um, I pose the theory to you. It was a basically. All the football teams that left the old Big East have ruined their winning legacies of the '90s and early 2000s by joining either the ACC or Big Ten or Big 12. This includes Miami, West Virginia, Boston College, Rutgers, Syracuse, uh, and I believe one more or Pittsburgh. I'm looking at all of you. So, what are you, you? You jumped on this. You agree with it? Do you support the theory overall? Just to start.
1: I I support the theory overall. With a couple caveats. Okay. One, it was a different time. Okay. And and these other conferences weren't what they were what they are now then. And two, I don't want to take away um, to make it sound like a couple of these Big East teams that were great that they couldn't have won in other conferences because I think they were good enough to. But as a whole, I think the Big East did hide some. Um, some poor teams and let them let them around more based on the style of football that they played than anything else.
0: Okay, and what, can you elaborate on the style piece, or is it different for each team? Uh,
1: like, like different for each team, but it was it was like the cold it was cold weather type teams. You Correct. Know? Okay. Uh, yeah. Y- that's the best way to. And, and that's a good point. Style. That's a
0: good point because when Miami has to come, and I know Miami and Boston College are now both in the ACC, but humor me for a second. When Miami had to come to every road game between, like, October 15th and, and Thanksgiving to New Jersey or Boston or Pittsburgh, you could ugly that game up and you could stay with Miami. At the same time, the talent that Miami had over these other schools allowed Miami to kind of coast a little bit, take breaks, and get up for Florida State and get up for the bowl game and get, keep guys healthy. Um, the other thing that you, you, you I assume, will mention at some point, and we'll, we'll break down each team, but... Um, Schools like Florida Atlantic, Florida International, Southern Florida, and Central Florida didn't play Division A football back in the heyday of the Big East Football League. And so Miami had depth. Um, Florida State had depth, correct?
1: It, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's been my longstanding theory is that for the most part, like I always – recently, Florida, Florida State, and Miami are never all three up at the same time. Right. Because although Florida is, is arguably the most talent-rich state – It's getting poached more ever with national recruiting. Yep. And there's more teams in state, and there's just not enough talent to support the three teams, and they've had to change the way they go about it. And I think even on a lesser level, that is what's hurt the BCs, BC and Syracuse, um, a lot and and even more. Like, BC used to get rich off of... Every
0: kid from New England.
1: Every kid from New England, and then they would go and raid New Jersey. Yes,
0: Um, yes, they would.
1: With Rutgers in the Big Ten... And BC being so bad, you're never getting a kid from New Jersey again, right? And with UConn and UMass, they're stealing your depth, playing. and they're
0: stealing your yeah,
1: yeah. And even to a smaller level, a kid who may be uh, a preferred walk on of some sort may go play at UNH because he's going to play for in the one aa playoffs every year in a certain type of offense.
0: Correct, correct. <laughs> and you got a guy like Victor Cruz plays for the Giants. You know, went to UMass when they were one aa I, mean, I know Boston College would have loved to have Victor Cruz. Yep. 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 And,
1: and 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 the other thing too, like I said, I didn't want to underestimate it. Like those Miami teams of the of the '90s that were in the Big East, the Michael Michael Vick Virginia Tech teams, and and I think Virginia Tech was a more of a system team. They knew that playing in the Big East, they could just muck it up and make some plays on special teams. Well, and right. they would Be in every game, especially because they
0: would out athletic. The they would out athletic you on the corners. And in the return game slash block punt game, they put a lot of stock into it and they had a lot of skill players to make those plays. And that could turn a lot of games, especially in the Big East.
1: Yeah. And then I don't also want to take anything away from Syracuse because those old Marvin Graves teams and Donovan Knapp. Those are good teams. They they could play with anyone in the country. And I
0: guess that's kind of okay. So that's kind of where I want to get to with this whole Big East. Like, those are really good school brands. You know how I know? Because every single one of them is now in the ACC Big 12 with West Virginia or or the Big Ten, or Big Ten, right? So all those programs were marquee already in their own conference. And I, I sent this to you the other day. You and I have been known to talk a little soccer on the podcast. Why let that streak go now? So the English Premier League is very deep. You know, seven or eight teams in that league could make Champions League any given year. Um and those teams tend to beat the crap out of each other throughout the year and don't necessarily perform as well in the Europa Cup or in, in the Champions League. Whereas a team like Paris Saint-Germain in the French League 1, they probably would come in like between second and seventh place in the Premier League, but if they can easily get a top two spot every year, they can be ready for you know the big time. They can get big time players, they can guarantee big time games, big time money, etc. And... So what, when Big East goes and becomes the ninth-best program in the 12-team or 14-team ACC, they're actually hurting their ability, to your point earlier, to ever get a stud out of New Jersey ever again.
1: Yeah. And, and like, I think about, like, some of the BC teams. And, like, BC had a couple of, like, anomalies. Tom Coffin years were great. Yes, Glenn I
0: Foley, Glenn a quarterback. I Glenn
1: Foley was a quarterback. And was yep. it Pete Mitchell was a tight end?
0: Yeah, Pete Mitchell was there. Not, not, maverick,
1: not maverick, Pete Mitchell.
0: No, no, no. Another good guy though. Pete Mitchell, was tight end. Um, <laughs>
1: you know, and then like even you think about like the Flutie years, how good you were. I think the year Flutie beat Miami, BC was like seven and four or something like that. Right. Which is typical BC.
0: No question. Well, BC loves to live live in the land between four and seven and seven and four. Let's face the facts. Um, yeah. But and, and I just I mean that was a great league because honestly, and I named all the teams that have kind of left for marquee conferences. They all had their time in the sun at some point during that run, and some of it was because Virginia Tech and um, Miami left a little earlier than some of the others, but everybody had their run in the sun. And I get that they're still part of the cartel now, but I feel like they were sitting sweeter before. And we're going to go through some of the stats of the teams in the last 25, 30 years, and, and we'll see what you think, okay? Well,
1: I want to make one comment about that. I, go I didn't, for it, This yeah. just came to me today, and why I, didn't, I didn't bring it up to you before. The Big East being a lot of small private schools or smaller private school schools are at a disadvantage. Yes. They're not too far separated from what the ACC is Correct. when you look at the ACC schools, but the ACC has history. Yes. The Big East didn't. The Big East didn't come around until early 80s, mid-80s. Yeah, but right. The been playing each other for a long time.
0: Right. Yeah, Big East football didn't technically start till 1991 as an actual league. Now, the Big East basketball conference, to your point, started in like 79-ish, 80-ish, but... You're right. I mean, and the ACC football, you know, had, they've been doing this for 70, 80, 90 years. And so you're right. And then, frankly, college sports is bigger down here, you know, down here, you yep. know, in North Carolina, especially, even though basketball is kind of the sport du jour, like everybody turns on the Tar Heels all over the state every Saturday, you know, unless they're a Duke fan or a Wake, you know, a Wake Forest fan or an NC State fan. But up there, I mean, the, the amount of BC fans who didn't go to BC is pretty small in yes yeah.
1: and, and, and that's the thing even even if you're only going in, and that's a problem Miami has too because Miami's a small school Yes, even if you're only going based on people that went there these big state schools the Alabamas the you know Arkansas the North Carolina whoever it is they're graduating you know 15 20,000 students a year that are now donating alumni Your fans, and right? Miami only has 10,000 students total
0: right absolutely totally fair from a critical mass standpoint and I here's and I here's here's a point that we should make now in case we forget. I feel like it was Nick Saban who essentially realized that the further and faster you drive the arms race, the more schools you automatically price out of ever being able to win a national championship. Because yep. of scale, because of fan base, because there's only so many kids. And the SEC clearly was always strong, and you said to me earlier today, it's never been stronger because they've all had to follow what Alabama and LSU are trying to do, and, and other schools too, but as long as Alabama is being Alabama, they have endless resources, and everybody's got to fight to catch up.
1: And as the world has changed in the past 20 years with the internet and with the way we watch TV... It's now. Na- it was never a national recruiting game. Like Florida kids stayed in Florida. Right. And Miami Miami kids stayed in date Right. No one was going into Newport News and getting the quarterback or the quarterbacks that um, or the receivers that the guys at Virginia Tech were getting. Right. They were strict Virginia Tech guys. Now they're going everywhere. Same like we said about the Northeast, you know, the guys were staying up there. Yep. Like I remember when when Alabama played um Notre Dame in the national title game in yep. Miami a couple of years ago, yep. every single like person you're that I knew that was, like, in the know of college football, was talking about how awful it was that Saban staff had a full week in Florida to go out and recruit and do things,
0: you know. Right, because they they were able to be on the ground, which is why, and, again, we're getting off the topic, but not really because it's college football, like Jim Harbaugh is trying to bend the rules or, like, take advantage of the rules to do a satellite camp in Florida because he knows he can recruit the heck out of anybody if he can just get in front of their face, right? Yep.
1: Yeah, and it and, and, and that that's another thing that hurts hurts the big east. The 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 small recruiting base in in now like Florida say so say a kid from Florida goes to Michigan. Yeah. Or two kids from Florida go to Michigan. There are still ten five stars, twelve five stars in Florida. Yes. A five star Massachusetts doesn't go to BC, there's probably not even a five star Massachusetts. There's probably one four star. Correct.
0: But he's if he's, he's gone, go, you're gone.
1: He, he's go, that that recruiting class is screwed.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, let's go through the teams that, in my argument, if they had all banded together and stayed together, I think they'd still have an automatic spot pretty much in the in the CFP. I mean, I think, honestly, let's put it this way. If it wasn't for the history of the ACC, you could make an argument that the Big East, if they thought of it first, could have poached some of the, some of the ACC schools. Yes. At the time. And obviously and, the ACC had the yeah. history, but...
1: And the ACC, the one thing, the argument that I don't buy, but they made, like, school, the Miami and the BC, yep. BC thing, yep. were the academic argument, that the ACC academics fit were in line with the schools they were doing. Like, I, I, I remember West Virginia had a problem getting in places because they weren't considered a good academic school. Correct,
0: correct. And so nothing plays better with college presidents than more money and academic standing via, like, something else, right? So that makes sense. All right, let's talk Miami. You were a resident of Miami-Dade area Metroplex for a long time. You've been to many a Miami Hurricane game. You've kind of saw their demise in person, right? So a couple, a couple stats for you. So the Big East existed essentially starting in 1991. The Hurricanes were in that league from 91 to 04, okay? They came in first place 91, 92, 94, 95, 96, 2000, 01, 02, 03, Second place, 93, 98, 99. Fifth place, one's in 97. They had two national titles, seven national top ten finishes, okay? In the ACC, zero top ten finishes, only three top 20 finishes, one divisional co-championship since 2005, and zero BCS or New Year's Six Bowl appearances, and zero ten-win seasons. This has not been a kind transition for them.
1: This, but, this is one in being on the ground. Yep. This has nothing to do with the ACC. Okay. This has to do with Miami. Um, so up
0: about you? Pro-
1: Miami was not a product of the Big East. They had three national titles before joining the Big. East.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: So, so they were not a product of the Big East. They weren't the problem. Once they joined the ACC, they started. They had some coaching changes. They constantly hired the wrong guy. Yep. Uh, and, and they just lose stupid games. They moved out of the Orange Bowl and moved, you know, 25 miles from campus, so there's no atmosphere. Um, theirs has nothing to do with the Big East. I don't even think the teams they've been putting on the field would win an old Big East title, an old Big East conference title.
0: Okay. So their problems are deeper than league affiliation. They're just – do you think they're done? Like, do you think, like – I mean, I know Mark is there. I know the year started off well. I know they've lost a couple since. But, like, he's – clearly it's his first year. Like, give the guy a chance. Do you think they'll ever get back to that, that, that dynasty that, that warranted not one but two 30-for-30 30 30 documentaries?
1: And a third one coming out this year. Really? Um, Good Lord. Catholics, Catholics versus convicts.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: It's going to be a 30-for-30. 30 30. Um, I don't think they'll get back to where they were. Yep. I don't think any outside of Alabama will ever be that dominant. Okay. But I think, I think, I, I think um, within the next five years, they'll be in a college football playoff.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I do agree that Miami made a lot of sense to go to the ACC. I I just feel like they couldn't have timed it worse in terms of what was going to happen to their program. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk about Virginia Tech. So, again, 91, the league starts. They leave with Miami after the 04 season, okay? I think they are the best argument of this bunch for an ACC success story, okay? But in the Big East, they had first-place finishes in 95, 96, and 99, Second-place finishes in 94, 97, and 2000, okay? Good, good stuff. Now, they were in the ACC. They've had, they had four first-place finishes in their first seven seasons in the ACC. That's divisional, but still. Uh, they played for the title. They were second or third in the other years. But since 2012, and you can tie it to Frank Beamer being there maybe a little too long, they've been tied for sixth, tied for fifth twice, or tied for fourth. And that's about when the conference expanded a second time to include other schools like Pittsburgh and, um, you know, whoever I'm forgetting right now, we'll get to Syracuse. Syracuse. Yes, exactly. Sorry. So what are your thoughts on VTAC?
1: Um, they are, this is a success story, but they are, other than I think the Michael Vick years, they're great at winning conference championships with two and three losses. Um, if everyone's just average, they'll be the best of the average. Very rarely are they going to be really good.
0: Right. So to your point earlier, if they're, they're mucking it up, doing it their way, if no one else is dominant, they're going to have the pieces in place to know how to get it done ugly. Yeah. But to your point, now that the league has expanded to 14 teams, right, that, in my mind, one, it makes the talent level more even across the board. But at the same time, you have more games that aren't gimmies. You have more games where your, your lack of talent could expose you. You've got more teams trying to play it your way, which is ugly till the end and get a W. And I just think that they used to be, to your point, the, the unless Miami was great, they could rise above – the crop, and now the crop's just too dense, if you will. So
1: Yeah, it, 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 I mean, they, they, they've done well in the ACC up until the past couple of years. I mean, they've played in quite a few, like, BCS games as league champions and, and, thing, and things like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah.
0: Okay, fair. Well, let's talk West Virginia, because West Virginia stayed in the Big East a lot longer, okay? They were in it from 99, sorry, 91 all the way to 2012. And they joined, of all conferences, the Big 12 (laughs) as the 10th team in the Big 12 in 2012. Okay. In the Big East, they had seven first-place finishes from 91 to 2011. Most of them came after Miami and Virginia Tech and BC left. That's fair. But they were always respectable, and then they became the class of the league. They went to the Sugar Bowl, um, et cetera. Um, Once those three schools left, and I don't think BC was a problem for them. I'm just saying they happened to be gone, too. It was really Virginia Tech and Miami leaving. BC fans, you know I'm right, and I'm sorry, but I'm so right. Um, All right. They had five second-place finishes also between 91 and 2011, so 60% of the time, West Virginia was in the top two during their 20 years in the Big East, okay? Their first four years in the Big 12, and I'd love to hear your take on the Big 12 in a minute, but tied for fourth tied for fifth twice, tied for seventh, and they are undefeated through six games this year, okay? So maybe it's turning around. Or, I'll pose it to you, is the Big 12 very mediocre this year? Um,
1: Big 12 is very mediocre this year. Um, West Virginia is that team who I think is always going to float between, like on a good year, 10 and 15, like in the polls, they're never going to be that great. Totally agree, Uh, yep. Um, I think one thing I'm, I'm coming, I'm I'm seeing the pattern start is it comes down to coaching. When they were in the Big East, they had who was it? Don Nalen? Don Nalen forever. forever, yeah. Forever, and, and
0: then, then Rich Rod, your winning. boy, Rich Rod, who did well too, actually.
1: And then, and then they had Rich Rod, and I believe didn't we see West Virginia scored nine thousand points in an Orange Bowl?
0: We were there, you three. and I, and actually this is a good story. <laughs> so, this is a good break in the moment. You and I went to one of the least competitive but highest-scoring Orange Bowls in the history of the Orange Bowl. Uh, Clemson scored first. Um, I believe – I don't know if it was Geno Smith or who it was, but – It was Geno Smith. Geno Smith, Smith scored the ne- – he, he and his teammates scored the next 11 touchdowns in a row. It was 77-7 to or so, and then Clemson scored one more time. It was unbelievable.
1: And I believe Geno Smith passed for about
0: um, –
1: 400 yards but i don't think he threw a ball more than about three yards because they kept running that um
0: like a bubble the, screen the
1: receiver coming across and you'd like pitch it forward to him but it counted
0: as a forward yeah it was the like underhand shuffle pass like a jet, right
1: a jet it was a, it was the jet sweep but it was a forward pass
0: yep 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 yep. they <laughs> um, had him cut inside so
1: i think a lot of it is coming like i'm saying a lot of it's coming into coaching um I will say the one thing about West Virginia going to the Big 12, and I know they had started to change towards the end of the uh, Big East, but when you go to a conference that plays all offense, if you play the muck it up style, you're just not, the old Biggie style, it's just not going to fit. You can't get there, right? You can't get there. So you have to start your whole team over again. Yep. You know, so I'm going to hold out on them. But like I said, I'm really seeing it coming down to this coaching. <laughs> Whoever the coach is can, can make it or break it. Yep. And I feel like a lot of these teams going into the ACC were just in bad spots to begin with, and their demise would have happened.
0: Okay. Um, but then again, what a bad time to leave that. And I guess I guess I know you had to. I know it's a business decision. I know it's a long term play, but it doesn't help your recruiting. And here's another here's another really good case of that when you can't get off the mat because you're in too deep of a league. So, but you know. Bottom line is, I, I do think West Virginia is turning it around. But between twenty, you know, two thousand five and twenty ten, they had a six season span in which they won between nine and eleven games every year, and they haven't won more than eight in the first four or five years of the Big yeah, Twelve. I,
1: th- I think they're the definition of a team that almost rose to na- national prominence in being a top-ten team based on how weak the big East was. Like, I I remember one year they were rated number two, and then they lost to Pitt in the backyard brawl, and Pitt was a five- or
0: six-loss team. Right, 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 right. I agree with that. And that that was one of the things why you could prop yourself up there, because every game each week wasn't tough, you know? Um, Yeah. So let's just skip BC. I mean, you guys made a terrible decision. (laughs) Terrible decision. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, you had to do it, but it's it's, it's you, you are uh, uh, when you're let's, the let's when you don't know in the first half hour who the sucker is at the card table. Guess what? You're the sucker. Uh, uh,
1: let's be honest. BC athletically belongs in the Patriot
0: League. Ooh, I'm not going <laughs> to touch that, but I'm not going to say you're wrong. Okay, okay, <laughs> Rutgers. Rutgers even had even had a moment of glory with Greg Schiano. Your boy Greg Schiano. Okay, Rutgers had only one winning season in the Big East between 91 and 04. But after Miami and VTech left, Chiano had a chance to get it going. They had five winning seasons in a row, seven winning seasons out of eight in a row, and their final eight years in the league. Now, they were already in trouble in the Big East slash American as they were transitioning to they won the lottery by being geographically near the New York City market and getting invited to the Big Ten. I do not know if they're going to win a league game this year unless they already have. Um, they lost by a combined 100 and like. Thirty-seven or more into nothing to Ohio State and Michigan back-to-back weeks. Um, have you ever seen a business decision that made so much sense financially and so little sense from a standpoint of the, the morale around your school by being a punching bag every week?
1: And that's that's the other thing. Like they were a bad team with the Big East. They had a mo- like you said they had a moment in the sun when everybody else left. Yeah, and the moment in the sun was like still partly cloudy.
0: You know, totally true. Totally true. Rutgers. Rutgers has never. I mean, like I'm not. We're not hanging our hats on this article, this podcast, being about Rutgers. But even they had their moment because the other talent had left, and they were in the position to, like, t- pick up the scraps.
1: Yeah, and, like, the thing is, I I know it's the New York market somewhat, but I really wonder how much of the New York market is really, like, swayed by Rutgers. That, them going to the Big Ten, to me, just weakens the Big Ten.
0: Well, it does, and that's and that's that's almost the point. Is like the Big Ten did not need them. They did not need them, and and it literally you're just you had them join, so your alumni could pour out of New York City and come to Piscataway, New, New Brunswick, New Jersey, every like once every two years, and half fill Rutgers Stadium for them and make it basically a big a Big Ten East like exhibition game. That's all you did like, there. I,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll argue that. The- 10 would have been better off um, taking Syracuse and then at least Syracuse and Northwestern could have played for some uh, trophy that involved like a golden microphone
0: yeah, the broadcast, the broadcast the broadcaster of the cradle of broadcasting that's right the, let's, the bro- let's do this let's, let's, let's move on from Rutgers let's talk about Syracuse and, and if you want to talk about Pitt, we can Syracuse is worth talking about because well, let me go through this with you I mean these guys just got really bad at a really bad time to get bad like from 94 to 01, they were in the top three in the Big East every season, including three straight titles from 96 to 98. When they fired Paul Pasqualoni, who went 101, 59 and 1 over his career, and 73 and 34 in the conference. Now, he was falling off when they got rid of him, and there were some sanctions, but replaced him with Greg Robinson, who literally won five games in five years. And then Doug Marone, who finished twenty-five and twenty-five, but eleven and seventeen in conference, and bolted for like one season with the Buffalo Bills. Their first three ACC seasons, fourteen and twenty-three overall, seven and eighteen in the ACC. They're better this year, but Syracuse has basically been bad for a decade. They are screwed.
1: Yeah, I mean, and my um, I had a family member who was um, an assistant coach up there for a while yep. in the past Baloney days. And he would tell me, like, recruiting-wise, you'd see these kids come off the plane from Florida and basically just turn right back around. Oof. And, and he goes, then you're fighting for the same kids that are going. It's Syracuse, B.C. At the time, it was a lot of Penn State, you know. Yeah. You're, you're those three-star kind of grinder kids. And he goes, we just weren't even, like, in the battle. And, like, they're never going to win in the ACC. Like, I, I like... I kind of like they, they actually realized that they couldn't play with the teams in the ACC, so they went out and hired Dino Babers and just going to try to outscore everybody. Yeah. I like that move. You know, it's like it's like teams that go out and hire Mike Leach. It's like we know we can't line up and go with them. we got we to got scheme we, we, Yeah, we can't, we can't play their game and beat them because they have more talent, so we're going to play our game and try to outscore them. Right. But it's a, a terrible addition to the league. Um, I have to think that – one of the reasons they got in had to be some sort of an alliance with from BC from back in the day, the old Big East days, and it's a basketball thing too.
0: Well, that's I think that's what it was. I think Beheim finally saw the writing on the wall that it was either them, it was either them or Connecticut, and he was going to be damned because the only school that actually worked out the worst, and it was because they got to the football party late and whatever, is UConn. It was the probably the one school left that, that could have been in that league, and you know if if Syracuse goes to the Big Ten instead of Rutgers. UConn probably gets picked instead of Rutgers because of the basketball piece. Um, yeah, and,
1: and even, even Syracuse being in I, – I, I claim Syracuse is in the ACC more in basketball. I don't see how they're going to sustain anything after Bayheim retires or dies.
0: Well, what you're going to have happen is like when you lost Pascaloni or he lost his fastball, he had it going, he had it going good, but at some point – it's still Central New York. It's still February, right? Um, yeah. All right, anything on Pitt? Because Pitt basically is a basketball school at this point, too. They've been, they were a middling Big East program. They are a middling ACC program. They're, they're always going to be the little, the little brother I, to Penn State. I, Does it even matter?
1: I mean, well, I mean, has Pitt been good at football since the early 80s, with Tony Dorsett, and were they even in Dan Marino? I mean,
0: literally, they've had, like, two top ten rankings in the last 30 years. Um, they, you know, they haven't cracked the co- top. cracked the top twenty-five since they've been in the ACC. They had their final years in the Big East. Uh, they had three more top twenty finishes, including a top ten and five straight bowl appearances. But like, it's always like the Weed Eater Bowl, the Papa John's Bowl, the Tax yeah. Advisors Credit Union FC Five Thousand Edu Bowl. Like, it's never <laughs> they're going seven and six or six and seven every year. Um, yeah, that's all there is there. All right, listen to this. Did you know, did you catch wind yesterday that freestyle.com has hired the mysterious Curtis Fingers to do Big 12 football picks? Uh, dude, Curtis
1: Fingers is a wild card. You sure you want him um, affiliated with the
0: show? Curtis Fingers went 2 and 2 in his picks yesterday, including picking Kansas State, who was an underdog at home, to win outright against Texas. He did go 2 and 2, so you wouldn't have made any money if you followed or didn't follow him. I- but importantly, gambling's illegal. It's for entertainment purposes only. Don't gamble, kids. Go ahead, Andy. So
1: if, if you're gambling, actually, two and two loses you money because there's fees.
0: But we don't gamble because gambling is illegal.
1: Unless you're in Las Vegas or Bimini, Bahamas or another. In,
0: in which case, are. game on unless you work in places where they don't want you to do that either. But, yeah, totally, yeah. man. All right. Now, do you have anything else, my friend?
1: I just, I just overall, I just think it's a travesty which would that have been done to football. I really think if a couple of these schools had stuck with the Big East, Boise State would be the the, yeah,
0: the Big the, East. But
1: Big East would have kept its power five
0: status. Boise would yep. join in
1: football only. Yep. Maybe BYU in football only. Yeah. You know, two, two schools in the Western Front, and it would still be a viable conference.
0: See, and, that, and I think that was the part that bummed me out the most is they almost pulled off. The move to save it, you know, and they they brought in the, the Houston's and the SMUs like the American Conference has now, but they had TCU for a hot second, they had Boise, and they had San Diego State, and they probably by my by now to your point would have BYU. Um, they could have been a viable conference and. You know, all the schools that were worth anything to the old Big East all went to major conferences, so they didn't lose in terms of the money and the status, but instead of being a part of the cartel where one of them got to always go to a New Year's Six Bowl, they're all pretty much finishing in the middle. Their conferences are worse now.
1: Yeah, and and one of the things that bothers me is the lack of foresight. So when you were at, when when the ACC was adding teams, you know, to fill other people, like when they added, like, a Louisville.
0: Yep.
1: Like, Louisville was desperate to get into the Big East. Yes. Why not so cost prohibitive for them to leave yes. in the next 20 years that they had no choice but to stay.
0: Right. But like they should have signed over their grant their grant rights like the, all the big conferences <laughs> do now. Um, because then if Louisville's stuck, then like UConn's got a part. Like it, it makes it, if everybody isn't free to leave, it, it, it makes it hard. You know, you have to work it out. You know, you have to, you and Linda have to work things out because you have a baby, right? Or And my point is all married people do. I'm not married. I don't work things out. I go to the I go to the Big Twelve. You know what I mean? That,
1: that, now you can't leave.
0: Right, 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 right. Exactly. You know, now I live in Charlotte and I do a podcast in my living room. What? Anyway. All right, brother. Listen. You got anything? You watching Westworld? Have you been checking out the Westworld on HBO? I'm
1: not. Honestly, I am so far behind on TV. Between
0: between between, between, now, between man, people messing up your Uber and getting the new job. Congratulations on that, by the way. Go Hershey's. Halloween candy, endless supply at the Maslin household this year. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, yeah.
1: oh yeah, it's there. There's there's a lot.
0: No doubt. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for being on tonight. Always good to talk to you. Stick around for a minute, everybody. Check us out at filibusterfreestyle.com. And actually, Andy, is there anything going on in the Scruffy Life vlog right now?
1: Not right now. I I have I have like fifteen or twenty articles that I'm waiting to post, and I just haven't yet. Um, I was honestly waiting till I got a job because you know there's some. Some stuff that I don't want traced, you know, traced
0: back. To well, you want to, to get, get hired back. first. I get that. But anyway, everybody, check out Andy. You got to Google the Scruffy Life. He's at this, at Scruffy Life or at the Scruffy Life on Twitter. At the
1: Scruffy Life on Twitter. At the scruffy, scruffy Life. on there. So. That's right.
0: So follow Andy on Twitter, for, and i follow his blog post. We're PhilBusterFreestyle.com. You can follow me at Gavin Viano, and please subscribe on iTunes. Leave comments if you like it or don't. Rate us. People can find us, and then they can find the Scruffy Life. And that's how the business works. Andy, here comes the outro. We'll talk to you in a few, buddy. Filibuster Freestyle. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks.